0: Hello and welcome to the WWIA podcast. We're honored to have you join us in our mission to bring honor, connection, and healing to America's combat wounded Purple Heart heroes. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we welcome you. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Please be sure to tell others about our podcast and leave us a review if you're enjoying what you're hearing. On today's episode, we're proud to introduce you to one of our incredible Purple Heart heroes and a certified WWIA guide, Mr. Derek Van Buren. Derek grew up with a love for hunting, fishing, and trapping from an early age, and his passion for all things outdoors continues to this day. While attending college, he worked as a hunting guide, which broadened his interest in hunting, especially bow hunting. Derek joined the army in July of 1998 and was deployed to Afghanistan from November 2008 until July 2009. While deployed, he and other members of his crew were wounded by an RPG during an intense firefight. He then spent time in Lunstall, Germany, Walter Reed Army Hospital, and the Warrior Transition Unit while recovering from wounds for which he received the Purple Heart Medal. Derek attended his first WWIA event at Camp Hackett, Wisconsin in the fall of 2010 and has been a valuable part of the WWIA team ever since. Today, he lives in Michigan with his wife, Katie, and two children, Eli and Amelia. He enjoys stream fishing for brook trout, Fishing Lake Superior for lake trout, predator hunting, grouse and small game hunting, bow hunting of all kinds, and most anything outdoors. Let's jump right in and join the conversation with John and Derek. Hi, I'm John
1: McDaniel. I'm the founder and CEO of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation, and this is our podcast, Honor, Connect, and Heal. And I want to, uh, I have a very special guest with me today, somebody that I've known for 13 some odd years, and his name is Derek Van Buren, and uh, Derek is a, uh, a soldier in the Army, and he's been uh, soldiering for 24 plus years, and he hails from the uh, UP of Michigan, and I'd like to welcome you to the program, Derek. Uh, how are you?
2: I'm good, John. How are you? Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, I'm excellent. Excellent. Well, we certainly appreciate your time uh, today and um, and all the service. You know, for those that don't know, I'll I'll set this up for you. You know, Derek, you know, and I met, like I said, 13 years ago and and he's with a a unit. uh, It's the, the 1431st or he was a combat engineer. Uh, unit, are you still with that unit today? Is that the same one you went to combat with?
2: Uh, no, actually, I'm with a uh, support unit out of uh, Marquette, Michigan. Now, um, I was was with them for roughly eight years.
1: Okay. Yeah. So Derek's a Purple Heart recipient. He's a Staff Sergeant, uh, you know, E six with 24 years of service. I've known him for 13 years. He. And uh, I don't know, a handful of guys, uh, Dan Berryman, Frenchy, uh, you know, uh, Matt, Lyle, uh, Matt and Lyle uh, Spurge, you know, all these guys that are, you know, that you introduced me to or they and one of them, I think it might have been Lyle that introduced me. Uh, to you. I can't remember how that worked. It was 13 years ago, but you all were in the same unit. Is that correct?
2: Yes, we were all part of the same uh, route clearance battalion at that time.
1: Yeah, and for those of you that don't know, um, yeah, the the, the combat engineers, these these great Americans go out, you know, and, and essentially they do all kinds of things, from constructing roads to you know, finding you know IEDs, um, you know demolitions. I mean, the, the combat engineers, God bless them, you know, take it in the teeth uh, quite a bit, especially in this modern day you know battlefield that we that we find you know present with you know improved explosive devices, you know vehicle vehicle borne devices, et cetera, et cetera. All this you know horrific stuff that is happening on the battlefield today. Um, you know the combat engineers are are often leading the way and and you guys uh you know your unit um you know found found themselves in 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 a into a, in a bit of a, a buzzsaw, if you will. What time frame was that uh where you guys had that deployment that uh, didn't go so well
2: so uh we were in eastern Afghanistan in two thousand nine uh, Paktika province specifically is where uh, we were located. Um, and it wasn't uncommon. It was a, it was a pretty, you know, normal thing to roll outside the wire and deal with either some kind of contact, um, you know, anything from pot shots to well-organized, uh, ambushes, complex ambushes, IEDs, things of that nature. Um, we dealt with, the uh, the Haqqani network of the Taliban where we were at. Um, they were made kind of popular on the on the uh, national news um, from the, uh, the boat Bergdahl capture. Uh, that's what they were well-known for. Um, and that's kind of the area we were in, uh, uh, where uh, the 25th Infantry Division operated out of at that time, so.
1: Is that who you guys were supporting, the, the, the 25th Infantry?
2: Correct, correct. We were with the, typically we we're with the 3rd of the 509th Infantry. Um, where we were at in, uh, Oregon And, um, uh, you know, most of the time when we, when we rolled out, we had, uh, some element of theirs with us. Uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was typically what our mission was, was clearing the way for, for them or MPs or, or whoever was, you know, rolling behind us at that time.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't. <clears throat> we'll get we'll get back to that. I didn't want to get too too deeply into that j- just yet. Uh, to kind of set the stage a little bit more for our our listening audience. You know, uh, Derek is a, a an avid sportsman. Uh, like I said, I met him thirteen years ago. He's been supporting the foundation ever since. He's a Purple Heart recipient, combat wounded, and um, you know, I think. Uh, you know, but most everybody lives up in the UP uh of Michigan uh is I don't want to say most everybody, but it's not uncommon to be a sportsman, is it? No. Most most of your friends and folks that live up there.
2: You're you're correct. It's uh it's a way of life. I'm certainly a product of my environment <laughs> uh growing up hunting. <laughs> I hunting love hunting it. and fishing. Um, you know, I it I, I big some of the big things I'm into that's uncommon in other parts of the country ice fishing right we got it's February right now, oh, ice fishing's going on um you know, and we go out on lake superior and 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 I fish for whitefish lake trout things like that um so that's just that's just a normal thing for us you know everybody does it um obviously white tailed deer hunting's big, grouse hunting um you know the same stuff that uh that you grew up doing um, in Wisconsin, you know it's pretty similar. To, to what we do in the up yeah just a little further north and maybe a little more snow maybe a little colder <laughs> but
1: it's uh yeah well you know go ahead
2: oh i was just saying it's it's just what uh it's our way of life up here um hunting and fishing so it's it's just like i said it's just something that i've done far back as i can remember
1: i love it you know i i, I tell you um you know, for those, yeah, obviously this is this is a podcast, so they can't see what I see, which is I see I see you I see you on the other side. You know, we got video going here too, just the how it works. We're running the podcast, we can see each other, and and behind Derek, for those that can't see, is a. A Corner that's just filled with there. I see a pheasant. I see a trout. I see a, a turkey I see a, a a white-tailed deer These are all animals that are you know hanging on his wall behind him must be your man cave and then there's a trap I know you're a trapper. I'm a trapper. Yeah, there they go. Nice. You just gave me a good shot He moved out of the out of the way that that that's a that looks like a perfect man cave Um. <clears throat> so you're a very successful outdoor sportsman. It's funny you mention ice fishing because my boys, I you know I have a I have two young boys, and I know you've got a a son and a daughter. Uh, we'll we'll talk about them in a minute. But you know you mentioned ice fishing, and my boys have a spring break coming up. And I told them, um, I said, you know, hey, what do you guys think about going ice fishing? They're like ice fishing? I go, yeah. The water up north it freezes. Now my my boys are are eight and six, so they're they're young. I you know, the water up there, and we live in Florida, so you know they've never seen like hard water ice, you know, I mean, on a, on a lake, uh, or a body of water. And so this idea of getting on a frozen body of water and drilling holes cause they're avid fishermen, uh, you know, drilling holes and catching fish through the ice <clears throat> is something that, uh, you know, very excited about doing. So, <clears throat> excuse me, when you mention ice fishing, you know, my ears, my ears certainly perked up. So, you know, that's, uh, that's something that's uh I, I grew up doing and and I would like to you know I'm want to turn my boys onto that so they have some some stories and some memories but um yeah super cool so um speaking of children you have a son <clears throat> Eli who's uh, I've seen on social media who's a football player he's 18 years old right yes sir and uh, tell me, tell me about, tell me about Eli. Uh, what's, 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 uh, what's next for this guy?
2: So, uh, yeah, he's in his senior year of high school. Um, he was on his, uh, on their high school football team. Uh, one of the main players on the, on the team played tight end on offense, linebacker on defense. And uh, he just uh, had a, a really good year. Uh, he made all district, all region. um he made all state in the coaches poll wow. and the, um, the media poll, um, in, in his district. So he, uh, he was very, very much a standout football player. Um, and, um, he's looking at playing college ball, um, at the division two level locally here at, the, at, our, at our local college. Um, there's been a few of them that have been talking to him and I wanted to recruit him to come and play. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah that's that's his thing he's definitely an athlete uh also is big into wrestling um they're in the middle of that season right now too and um yeah. 3.0 student does fairly well in school and um pretty proud okay. of him and uh obviously his hobbies growing up are hunting and fishing <laughs> which doesn't come as a big surprise <laughs> uh he loves the deer hunt right. he loves he loves fishing he's big into bass fishing he's really taking a, a a liking to that, that's mm. the big one for him, so
1: yeah. And um, small mouth or large mouth or both? Well, I know, mostly I mean, large. Mouth.
2: He, he likes the large mouth, uh, go after large mouth because we have a mm. few lakes where and I think there are a lot more um, large mouth in them, so that's what we go after a lot.
1: Mm. Excellent. And you and and you have a, a daughter, Amelia, right? She's 15.
2: Yep. She's a sophomore and um she's big into the band. She she loves playing the drums. Um and she's been doing that for a couple of years mm-hmm. and uh yeah. She's uh she's not big into yeah, hunting yeah. yet, but maybe someday we'll get her into getting in a tree stand or, or get her out in a blind or something like that. But um for now she's she's into playing in the band and, and raising chickens and, and doing things of that
1: nature. So so you guys got plenty of fresh eggs all the time.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, plenty of fresh eggs. All <laughs> the neighbors love us.
1: <laughs> oh, that that's great. You know, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about the <clears throat> the foundation here, and then I think we'll circle back to your to your combat experience because I, I wanna I wanna touch on that story a little bit but you know okay so you've been you, we've known each other for 13 years you've been through our guide school you're you're one of our certified registered uh, you know guides that that runs around um out there uh leading missions uh for the foundation and so publicly i just want to thank you you know for all that you've done over the years and and, and leading uh, all the missions that you have do you have any idea uh, i mean approximately how many missions you've been on Oh, for the foundation! Wow, um, you know, I, gosh, it,
2: I I can't say that I I have a number in my in my head how many it's been, um, mm. but uh, you know, I, I I guess uh, it'd probably be around 30, dozens, easily dozens for sure, for sure there would have been dozens,
1: easily dozens, you know, prob- probably probably. It, you know, probably. I mean, if you did, if you've been with us doing, you know, if you've been with us doing missions, just say for 10 years, you've been with the organization, you know, plus minus for 13. And if you did, you know, four, you know, four or five you probably did more when we had less guides, but, you know, you're probably close to 50 anyway. It, it, it's a lot, for you know? Sure. And and so <clears throat> I wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted you to describe for everybody, please, you know, what, what a typical mission looks like. I mean, what, what happens on a typical WWIA mission, you know, from your perspective?
2: Well, uh, the first thing that usually happens is um, I, I make contact with uh, the host um, and we talk about, you know, what we're going to be doing um you know whether it be you know hunting fishing um and uh you know what what the uh schedule will look like um once i do that i contact the the heroes and we talk about you know if they have any concerns or questions on anything as far as the event goes um how they plan on arriving, what time they plan on arriving, things like that. And I give them expectations kind of on what to sort of expect. And then from there, um, you know, we'll, we meet up at the event and um, I, I serve as kind of like a a liaison between the host and the heroes and, and um, yeah, it typically every, every event is, is awesome. Um, You know, we,
1: but you're doing these events all around the country. Oh, I mean, really? these, aren't, these aren't just yeah, these aren't just missions in your in your backyard in the UP of Michigan. These are missions I mean, just give us a sample set of the places that you, you know, that you've been to across the country doing this mission.
2: Um, at the West Coast, I've been to Oregon, I've been down south to Alabama, uh, out on the East Coast, um, Virginia, uh, New York. Pennsylvania, um, Wisconsin, many times. Um, love our Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, South Dakota. <clears throat> um, yeah, just wow. Texas, all over the country.
1: Have um, you been to? Have you have you been
2: to uh, Alaska yet with us? No, I have not. Um, I'm not i have not. been to Alaska. <clears throat> then. Um, okay. Would definitely welcome that. Wow. <laughs> that's a great place. Yeah.
1: Right. Oh, that's, yeah. For sure. Okay, well, so, so there you go, uh, you know, all, all over the place, hunting and fishing, uh, leading these missions. You know, if you – let me ask you why, why are you doing it? You know, you served our country, you got wounded, uh, you're still wearing a uniform, you're getting ready to retire after 24 years of, of service to our nation, and you find time, you know, in, 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 in your busy schedule – to, to lead these missions with other combat wounded, um, why, why are you doing this?
2: Well, first of all, John, I'd like to say thank you for uh, bringing me in to be part of this amazing team of, of you know, guides and, and Purple Heart recipients that I get to do this with. Um, and that's really the main reason why, um, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a crazy thing. It, growing up, I've always been so into um hunting, especially hunting um, and dreamed of traveling around and getting to, to do kind of what I'm doing and um, to be able to spend time with fellow Purple Heart recipients, um, get to hear their stories, get to spend time with them and have the common interest of doing these outdoor activities. um, It's really a special thing. Um, And it, and it, it even, you know i i i've spent time with with folks that are doing it for the first time and they're it's like a new hobby for mm-hmm. them and that's special in its way and then i've spent time with folks that are that heroes that are have done it their whole lives kind of like me um grew up hunting and fishing and both of those are just super special and building these friendships and and mm-hmm. and um you know having these, uh, this network around the country of, of fellow, um, you know, outdoorsmen with, with the, with these similar experiences. It's really why I do it. And, um, you know, getting to share this with them is, is just amazing. And I, I, I just love it. I really do. Um, And like I said, I've been doing this with you for a long time. (laughs) So, you know, it never, each, each event is like, it's brand new to me and and it Mm -hmm. never gets old. And it's funny, I was on a deer hunt this, this past fall and, you know, I, and I said that to one of the guys that I was hunting with, one of the heroes, I said, this, this never gets old. This is always fun Mm -hmm. every single time. So. Like I said, it's wow. it's just awesome. I love it.
1: Well, that that's great. You know, I, I would say when I uh, you know when I was when I was starting this thing, you know, some seventeen years ago, I, I used to ask that question, you know, a lot to guys before we had guides, you know, like professional guides like yourself doing this. <clears throat> you know, when we were much smaller, it was you know just me running around doing it. And I, I used to ask the guys, okay, so okay, give me something to talk about, you know. If I'm standing up in front of a crowd, you know, telling them what's going on, you know, they would say this, that, and the other thing. But And I always put, you know, put that ammunition in my bandolier for, for future use. And, um, well, one of the things they always, most of them would say, most all of them would say is, yeah, and don't forget to tell them it's fun. You know, and that always resonated with me. And that's, you know, one of the things you just said is, you know, it's fun for you. You know, you enjoy it. It's fresh. It never gets old. You have common interests. You know, there's travel involved, you know, an adventure and seeing new places and meeting new people and that that have common interest. Right. I'm just summarizing what you said and. You know, those things are all very powerful things because they that what they do is they lead to, to, to powerful memories, powerful, positive memories, which, you know, hopefully, you know, begin to take the place of things where, where, you know, in events where maybe there wasn't such, you know, positive memories, you know, and that happens, especially to, you know, combat wounded uh, men and women who've been there and done that. You know, they've got some memories that they'd like to let go of, but, you know, they're not so easy to let go of. But, you know, if you, you know, if if you think about it like a bucket, right, and, uh, you know, in that bucket are, you know, there's lots of stuff in that bucket, in the memory bucket, but the more positive, uh, you know, memories that you can add to that bucket, the more positivity in general, um, you know, people, places, things um you know it begins to those those positive memories begin to take over the bat. That's what I think. And I and so um I think that's a that's a big part of it as well. So that's wonderful. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Let me ask you um you know to go back a little bit uh to to, to Afghanistan in two thousand and nine. Um you're 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 you know Frenchie who's you know one of our John French who's uh was in your unit is a another guide um you know the 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 up of michigan has produced some amazing heroes dan berryman's with the foundation as a guide you're with the foundation as a guide frenchies with the foundation as a guide um and and you guys have all just you know done amazing things i mean i i'd bet i'd bet the farm on all you guys at, at any second you know i would say hey what are the tough jobs Give them to those guys right there? Because they're the ones, you know, they're the ones that uh, are gonna make great things happen. Yeah. But I can depend on, uh, on, on you guys uh, all the time, every time. And for that, I'm very, very thankful. Because um, you, you strengthen the mission set. Um, your your presence, your leadership, your, your devotion to, to duty in this country and, and those that we serve, continue to serve it is amazing. And I want to thank you. Thank me. Well, I, I, I came here to thank you, you know, uh, to thank you for what you've done, not just for the country while you're wearing a uniform, but what you've done afterwards. And to me, you know, that's leadership. You know, yeah, you guys are doing some fun things. You're hunting and fishing, but, but that's what it looks like from the outside. From the inside, it looks a lot different. If you're there on the mission, if you're rubbing elbows, you know, with, with these great Americans, um, you know, um, uh, that that's that perspective looks a lot different than oh, you know, we're just here hunting or fishing. So, um, but let's go back to Afghanistan for a second. And if you would, uh, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you know, if you would describe, you know, because I know you and Frenchie were together, right, when this happened, when you guys got hurt, is that true?
2: Yep, that is true. Um, uh, French was uh Frenchy was the gunner. On on uh, the gun truck that that I was in, and I was his um his his TC his team chief, and uh, I was also a squad mm-hmm. on that um uh, at that time. So yeah, we were we were together. Um, and uh, you can imagine what.
1: When you Monday. say gun truck, when you say I'm sorry, when you say gun truck, what do you mean?
2: Uh, it, it's called an RG31. It's basically a a um MRAP vehicle. It's made to sustain okay, a blast. Yeah, right. yeah. So um, we were in the yep. interrogation part of the, the route clearance package. So I had, I was in charge of the two Husky drivers. Um, That was, those are interrogation vehicle. I'm sorry, not interrogation, but detecting vehicles. Um, The Buffalo mm-hmm. you may have heard of It's It's the, the bigger mm-hmm. oh, yeah. truck. It doesn't have a, any uh, weapons on it, but it has a, a big arm that they use to dig and and a, and a camera and things like that, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yep.
1: Yeah. To find mines, right? To find to find IEDs, isn't that what that thing does?
2: Yes, it looks for I, improvised explosive devices. Um, uh, most of what we ran <clears throat> into were command wire IEDs. So, someone who doesn't understand what that means, it's basically a, a you know a improvised explosive device, usually made from some kind of homemade explosive, and they might throw in like a rocket or something like that to make it that much more lethal, dangerous, whatever you want to call it. And um, they run a wire, you know, hundreds of meters away, and there's a bad guy sitting there on, we'll say, a mountaintop, and he touches it together to something as simple as a battery, and that would be enough to cause a charge that would set that IED to go off um and that's typically what mm-hmm. we would run into other things uh they call pressure plates um you know i guess uh you know it's it's like a trap right there's a trigger you just push down on it and it would set it off or say like a tripwire type setup things like that mm-hmm. so that's just kind of a background of i the kind of ieds that we would look for um in Afghanistan um very rocky area so it's it, we could kind of figure out where the IEDs were going to be at, you know, because there'd be softer soil or or whatnot. Um, typically, <laughs> or a culvert or things like that um, is usually where they would set them up. Um, just little things that we would learn over time as uh, from doing the job over there. It's it's kind of crazy how quickly you can learn uh, about your environment and 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 finding things like that where we were at. So.
1: Especially when your life depends on it, literally.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah, you you learn real fast. Uh, this is good. This is bad. And everything's a one or a zero, right? I mean, you get you get you get dialed in like you've never been dialed in before.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's crazy. Like they, they they would set up um you know target things that things as a target, right? So we could be in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden, you look over to your right, and you see. Well, that's odd to see three trees perfectly lined up um, toward that mountaintop over there. <laughs> and, you know, you figure it out real quick. Uh, yeah, there just might be something right there. And sure enough, you know, we find an IED, you know, those are like their target sticks to uh, to pinpoint where we were at so that they set off the, the explosive device at the right time. There's just, just things like that, just to kind of give you an idea of what it was like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean what's the same and what's different? I mean this idea of change detection. There's something in this environment, something in this scene, something in my view that's not that's not normal, it's not right and it's an outlier. In other words, you know, it's the power of thinking without thinking. After a while, you know, if it doesn't look right and feel right and smell right, it's not right. Yeah. And 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 that that right there once you learn that skill set and you learn it in an environment like that, um, <clears throat> it never leaves you. You know, it never leaves you. And, and you talk about imprinting. I mean, that's just crazy. Your life literally depends on that, you know, and, and so does the lives of others, especially those that you're leading. I didn't mean to hijack your story, but I, I just, I, I just got to, you know, this idea of change detection what's the same and what's different. Yeah. Um it's it's just uh a critical set for survival, right? Skill set for survival in combat. Go ahead, buddy.
2: Um so yeah, um <clears throat> like I said, that's typically how we did things. Um and uh I guess the, I'll, I'll go I'll move forward to July 19th 2009 when uh, we were doing our uh, our mission that particular day. Um it was a movement to contact type mission. Um our 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 uh, our plan that day was to roll into an area, dismount, uh, get up in the mountains and go after the bad guys um, where we were at because that was going to be a little bit better than what we were, you know, doing where we would roll through the ambush area with these, you know, pretty well protected vehicles and firing back at them. And it was kind of getting to be very routine. So we wanted to change it up and really go after them and get these guys. Um, but what had happened that particular day, um, they got the jump on us. They got, they, they started firing at us early on. Um, you know, AK 47s, uh, you know, you name it. They were, they were, they were firing at us, uh, pretty well. Um, and, um, firing RPGs, uh, indirect fire, things of that nature, um, so, we were probably a half hour into this firefight. fight um Frenchy was up on the top. he had a mark nineteen um you know grenade big grenade launcher um he had his two forty bravo up there um you know as a, as a secondary weapon, and he was just rocking it, you know, giving them the bad guys all he could um and we we're rolling through and things were kind of a lull. I said, French, yeah, it's probably a good time to, to reload at this time. So he got up there. He faced away from the contact. He reloaded, went to turn and I'll never forget him. He's like, he said, he remembers seeing a tracer around go by his hand. And, uh, uh, that kind of made it, kind of, that kind of shocked him. And he, and he started firing again. And at that time, um, an RPG, uh, hit our vehicle um it exploded it detonated uh right above me uh and hit the turret and um went off and uh yeah that that was the that was the 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 one that got us um we we both took uh shrapnel um you know him definitely worse than me being more exposed um and uh i if you ever seen the movie Saving Private Ryan where Tom Hanks' character, um, experiences that real slow motion, um, after an explosion yep. goes off, that is how I would describe it. Um, you know, not exactly like the movie, but it was, it was, it was similar. Um, but that's about the closest thing I could come up with to describe what that was like. It was, everything was slowed down to like real slow pace, voices slowed down, um, you know, everything slowed down. It was, it was, uh, it was different. It was I've never experienced anything like it, um, since or before that. Um, but basically we, that happened. Um, we were able to get out of the, the, the kill zone. Um, my driver did an outstanding job. Our communications were knocked out. We couldn't, uh, communicate with the rest of the, uh, the convoy we were with. Um, we had a smoke grenade detonate that was on uh, Frenchie's vest. um a piece of shrapnel hit that so we were we had green smoke billowing out of the vehicle that confused a lot uh, a lot of folks they thought maybe either we were communicating that we were okay some may have you know <laughs> thought that or they didn't know what was going on If the vehicle was on fire you know they they just thought it was a uh, uh, very odd but eventually we were able to um, getting to a spot to where we weren't getting fired at. They moved two vehicles uh, to each side of us to kind of block and, and then get the medic into the vehicle. Um, so it was m- me and Frenchie who were probably the, the most severely wounded. We had our driver who had a chunk of, sh- chunk of shrapnel in his leg, um, which was also the, the leg he uses to drive, <laughs> but he was still able to, uh, to get us out of there, even with the big chunk of metal he had in there. Um, and then, wow. and then we had uh you know a few other people inside the vehicle mm-hmm. um, a few of them we had the interpreter um he he was in there at that time uh we had uh and had two other uh, dismounts um, at the in the vehicle at the time um but anyway they got us out of there um they were able to call in the 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 bird to come in and the 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 black to come in and get us out um once we established security and the and the firefight had ended, they they exfilled and got out of there. Um uh, there were a few others that were wounded that day. Um, you know, we had a, a Marine captain that was with the task force that did kind of the forensics for IEDs. He got wounded. It was his last mission and he decided he wanted to be up in the turret for it. And he took um two rounds in the arm and one in the chest. Um and uh, he was doing okay. I remember getting on the bird with him. And he was... Uh, he, I remember him grabbing me. And he goes, we got this, man. We got this. He was all fired up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I seen him. I, I still talk to him. Um, Captain Chalice, uh John Belay, he took a round. Uh, he was in another vehicle. Um, and he, I remember him being uh, wounded. Um, he actually... He here in the bronze star with Valor uh for his actions that day because he took mm. a round of the chest and he just kept firing and, and um he said he remembers bending over and feeling, you know, blood in his in his in his vest. And next thing you knew he woke up he was in Walter Reed. Um so that was Wow. Wow. Um, but uh, Yeah, I know this is a long story. I I don't wanna <laughs> but
1: no uh, no 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 we're here for we no it's not a long story but okay. it's all good i'm we're you know fascinated by it and so is everybody who's listening to it you yeah. know because 99% of the people that are going to listen to this you know uh, never saw a combat uh, and if they did they didn't see it like you did so it's yeah. it's 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 all good yeah
2: so yeah we 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 got back um <clears throat> we got medevacked out um you know uh back to Oregon to Bogram, uh a stopover in Germany and then eventually back to Walter Reed uh you know uh Frenchie and yeah. I were pretty much on every flight uh back which was which was great for both of us together yeah we were together we were together the whole time the yeah day. yeah um i think other than the first helicopter ride um uh, but yeah the flight to Germany, the flight to Walter Reed, the bus ride, the wild bus ride (laughs) that we had, Um, you know, it was, uh, we were always together. So that was, that was good.
1: Um, Well, that helps, yeah. Definitely. I think it was Lyle Spurgeon who got a hold of me from Walter Reed. You know, he wrote a letter, as I remember, and this probably was like 2009, 10, I don't, you know, I would, you know, he was still there. And he mentioned that you know a lot of his buddies were still there too, and um, I, as I remember it, uh, you know, I was like, hey man, when you guys get out of there and you got some time and you're you're willing, I'd like to meet you and uh, you know, let let's uh, you know, like let's get this thing on. And so, uh, but yeah, well, listen, I you know genuinely appreciate you, you know, sharing your story with us. Uh, it's it's a very very you know gripping story, and um you know it, I always said man anybody who bleeds in our while well, wearing a country's uniform a hero period dot, and I don't care you know what kind of medals they 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 hang on you, um you know the 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 Purple Heart medal you know uh, is a very very special medal, and I think General Petraeus said it best, and he said you know it's the one medal. Uh, that's respected by all but sought by none. You know, nobody wants to get wounded, um, it, you know, and and um, those that do, um, you know, carry with that the, you know, the, the, the scars, both, you know, physical and, and, and mental scars that, that go along with having engaged in, in you know, in combat and, and oftentimes, you know, in a horrific scenario. So, I mean, you got to be one of the bravest guys I know. You're an amazing sportsman, um, <clears throat> and 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 you know you possess a very unique skill set, um, you know, uh, among other things. And I'm not just talking about your field acumen, mm-hmm. um, you know that that that's that's also part of who you are. But genuinely, you're 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 just a wonderful person, you know, and somebody who continues to want to you know help others i mean you're you're a great dad, you're a great person, you're a great soldier, you're a great leader and i just want to you know thank you for all that you've done you know for this country and and for the foundation um It means an awful lot to me I respect you a great deal uh i admire you and and i want to you know publicly thank you for for all that you've done everybody who's who runs into derek van Buren you know has nothing but positive things to say. I've never heard one bad thing about, about you ever said period dot. And, and um, you know, that, 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 that's testimony to, to who you really are. And so, you know, thank you for all that you've done, buddy. I genuinely appreciate it. And, you know, I'll give the last word to you.
2: Well, thank you very much, John. I, I do appreciate it. And I appreciate getting to be part of something so cool, so positive and, and, and just so great, you know, if you would have told me as a young man, you know, you know, you know, you're going to be in the military, Derek, you're going to get wounded and that's going to stink. But you know, there's what you're going to get to do. You're going to get to be part of this awesome uh, foundation that takes, you know, purple heart veterans hunting and fishing. I wouldn't have believed you. (laughs) I, I, I absolutely, uh, I love this. I, I really do. And I appreciate it so much. And, um, I'm going to continue to appreciate it. You know, it's it's just, it's, it is awesome. And thank you.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And this is the uh, Honor, Connect, and Heal podcast from the Wounded Warriors and Action Foundation. My wonderful guest, Derek Van Buren, with us today from the UP of, of Michigan. Derek, best to you. I can't wait to see you in the field again. Uh, thanks for all you've done. And, um, you know, just best of luck to you, buddy. Gen- genuinely appreciate you. Thanks, John. All right. For all those great listeners, <clears throat> excuse me, all the great listeners out there, thanks for uh, tuning in. We appreciate your support. And uh, you have a great day.
0: To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors.
1: If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart Heroes, please become part of our Sponsor Hero Team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to www.iaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's www.iaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.